Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Amen, amen. Don't you just love your pastor? I mean, isn't he awesome? Come on, put your hands together. Do you know how hard it is to find a funny pastor? It's very difficult. One that you can actually keep in the church and don't have to ask him to leave at the end of the service. Love, love being here. How good is our God? You know, I was just sitting and listening to what you just shared, uh, Pastor Chad, as you were speaking, and um, just down here, Jesus the same. Oh, man, when you said it, it was just like the presence of God. Jesus the same. He's the same. He never changes. He's never going to change his mind about you, no matter what you do or what you didn't do. He's not going to change his mind about who's in government or what's in government. Nothing changes God's purpose and God's plan because his word is eternal. His word is steadfast. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible is out of the very mouth of Jesus. I find that your favorite verse should be out of the mouth of Jesus. You can depend on it. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will still remain. What does that do? It, get, it gives you confidence. Do you know, when you have confidence, life is easier. When you have confidence, you can walk with joy. When you have confidence, you can walk with hope. When you have confidence, you can face uncertainty filled with peace. Who knows, there's one thing that the world would you would make you a billionaire if you could put it into tablet form. It's called peace. Imagine if you could go to your local doctor and grab a prescription of peace. Wow. Well, we have it right here. The difference is it doesn't come in tablet form. Well, I guess you can get it on your tablet. Hey, 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 look at that. The anointing has flowed onto me. This is awesome. But you know what? This, this is our tablet of peace. And I love that Jesus is our example. He is the sample son. You know, the Bible calls him the second Adam. And Jesus has come to show us how to live, how to walk by faith, how to, how to be ruled by by what God says and not by life and not by feelings and not by circumstances, not by how it's going, what they said, what they think, to be ruled by what the Father says. And it's just incredible that we can just get so distracted or we can get weary with kind of reading and meditating on the promises and we kind of start in faith but don't finish in faith. Ever, ever gone through a season in your life, maybe in your parenting, in your marriage, in your business, we start in faith but we don't always finish in faith. Been there? I've been there, got the t-shirt. Uh, it's, it's, it's a challenging place to be, developing faithfulness. Faithfulness is having faith in God's Word and maintaining it no matter what you go through. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about how do we develop faithfulness? You know, if you are a parent, give me a wave if you're a parent. 
right? If you're a parent, who knows, you've got to develop faithfulness in your love for your kids, faithfulness in your patience with your kids, and faithfulness in speaking life over your kids, because life is going to give you many opportunities to change your mind. Amen? Life's going to give you many opportunities to give up, to quit, to, to change your perspective. And Rena and I, we have a saying in our house. It's that life has given us many opportunities to quit. We just chose not to take any of them. And you know what? I think being a believer in the kingdom, one of the, one of the challenges is getting yourself to a place where you can develop your absolute confidence and unwavering trust that God really isn't going to change his mind about what he said. And God really, really likes you. That's hard to believe sometimes, isn't it? Because we judge ourselves by our performance. Who's been guilty of that? Right? Man, I prayed three times today. Woo, I'm in Jesus' good books today. You know, like, when I pray, I'm sure God heard me today because, you know, I fasted last week and I served this week plus prayed plus did a devotional. Do you get bonus points for that? I'm not sure. You know, we kind of, when, when you do well, you feel better. It's, it's natural, default, flesh, human nature. When we parent well, we feel good about ourselves. When we have told our spouse that we think they just look all kinds of fantastic today. When, oh, man, when you forgive your spouse when they did something wrong to you, whoo, man, you are walking on cloud nine. The anointing is flowing over you and you are just feeling all kinds of good. And you know that when you pray, God hears you. Come on, I know I'm talking your language here. But when you, what about when you don't do so well? Does God change his mind? It's got like, oh, yeah, sorry, this verse can't work for you today, Sean. You didn't pray three times today. And you know what? It sounds silly to say it. We all know it's not true, but yet we find ourselves trapped living like it's true. You ever prayed? And straight after you prayed, doubted what you just prayed? Yep. Ever prayed? You prayed so long that you forgot what you prayed? Yep. Isn't that hilarious? We pray these phenomenal, long-winded, phenomenal-sounding prayers, and we get to the end of the prayer, and we're like, amen, and then we're in fear and doubt and unbelief again because we forgot what we just prayed. And I'm like, there is so much to learn from the life of Jesus. You know, one of my favorite things I noticed about Jesus is he was a man of few words. I think it's so he could remember what he said. So he could believe what he said. You know, I'm uh, uh, obviously, uh, for those of you who haven't met, uh, I'm Sean, my beautiful wife, Rena. Uh, we've been married. How long have we been married? 14 years? 14 years we've been married. God, I love what you said. God has guided and delivered us and kept us. 14 beautiful years. I'm so grateful. And uh, we have two amazing children, Tyson. He is eight and a half and uh, incredibly good looking, just like his heavenly father. And uh, he's, uh, he has an amazing sister, Taylor. It's actually Taylor's birthday tomorrow. She's going to be turning seven. Woo, woo, woo. And uh, we had an awesome birthday party. We went to build a bear. It was awesome. Got to like watch the bear come to life and it was exciting. They put the heart in the bear and it was a ceremony and they bathed the bear. It was brilliant. Uh, in any case, so Taylor is seven and you know our children uh, are such a delight and a joy to us. 
And, you know, uh, if you're a parent in this place, one of the, I think parenting is one of the greatest gifts uh, to be able to help you understand the father heart of how God feels about you. Uh, one thing I've discovered in life is you won't really have the courage to believe these promises, to live in God's best, to dare to believe God's best until you dare to believe His love for you, until you understand God has an unwavering love for you, until you get a revelation that before I formed the world, I knew you and I chose you, I appointed you, I predestined you, you belong to me. That's how God feels about us. And, you know, our children, in the same way, we have this unwavering love for our kids. Who knows if your kid messed up, you'd still love them. Who knows if your kid ended up in jail, you still love them. Amen? And who knows that if your kid got yourself in trouble, you would come to rescue them, but you'd want them to learn. You'd want them to grow through it. But who knows, you'd even get to the place where You'd even give your life for your child. You know, I heard a story, um, and it's a true story from uh, uh, actually some friends of ours, a father and, a, and a, a father and his son. How old's Jordan? Mid-20s, late-20s. Uh, father to a couple of kids. They were uh, doing some work, and uh, unfortunately, uh, both the dad and the son fell out of the, the tractor, was lifted up high. They both fell out and landed on the concrete, and the son died, and the father lived. And, you know, I know that the dad would have done anything to have it the other way around. Isn't that crazy? But see, that's what love will do. That's what love will do. Love will say, I'll rather it be me than you, because I want you to live. And you see, that's exactly the same heart that God has for us. He's like, I so love you that I gave my one and only son. And what does God want from us? He wants us to dare to believe the love that he has for us. And what I find incredible as I read the scriptures, and one of the most beautiful things I've observed in parenting is, until your children believe that you love them unconditionally, they'll find it difficult to trust you. They'll find it difficult to come to you, especially as they get older, and share what's on their heart. Be vulnerable with you. Same thing in a marriage. When there's no trust, when there's no love, there's no vulnerability, there's no openness. And in a sense, there's no security. And what I love about the Word, what I love about the life of Jesus, is He shows us the heart of the Father. And He invites us into this beautiful space where we can experience God's faithfulness in our life. Who wants to in, in experience God's faithfulness in a greater measure in your life? Who wants a greater revelation of His love for you? Because on the other side of a revelation of God's love is boldness, is an unwavering, fearless trust in God's Word that isn't moved by what it sees, it isn't moved by what it feels, it isn't moved by what it hears. It says, Man will not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You know, Matthew 4, 4, that's a powerful verse, but it's a verse that comes from a revelation of the Father's love. And I wonder how many of us are this far away from a completely different life. 
by just seeking God, pursuing God, and saying, God, I want to be like Jacob. I won't let you go until I get a revelation of your love. Because, see, it changes everything. Changes everything. All of a sudden, you can come to church your whole life, hear about Jesus, know about Jesus. You can know the Bible inside out and still not have a revelation of his love. And you will not, you will not be able to walk in faithfulness. You'll be able to go to heaven. You'll be able to have, enjoy some Christian fellowship. But you'll never experience the fullness of the peace of of the life, of the joy, of the faith, of the strength, of the authority that God desires you to live in. And it's literally a revelation away. You know, I, I grew up in a Christian family. I, I watched miracles. My dad <coughs> was a, a mild alcoholic and my mom was a manic depressant. My dad didn't believe in God. My mom sort of believed in God. And I watched them get radically born again. You ever hear, hear stories of people that just have an encounter with God's love and it changes everything? And what was it? The presence and the power and the, they got a revelation of God's love and it like set them free. It, it's completely transformed their life in the course of three weeks, never the same. Does that mean they never had a problem? Of course they had a problem. But they went on the journey of, re of, of, of re renewing their mind to what God's Word says. Renewing their mind. And, you know, one of the things I, I saw in their life is I had to, even though I saw it with my eyes, I still had to go on my own journey to renew my own mind, to get my own revelation. Because seeing miracles doesn't give you a revelation. Only the Word of God. Faith comes by seeing miracles? No. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. Think about this. How many miracles did Jesus do? Lots. Were they, you know, scale of 1 to 10, how epic were Jesus' miracles? Epic! Raised from the dead, the maimed made whole, the blind see, feeding 5,000. Yet at the end of his ministry, all he had to show for it was 120 people in an upper room. That's it. That's it. He raised the dead. And there's only 120 faithful people standing in an upper room who said, we believe this guy. You know, we would look at that and go, what a failed experiment. We would go, what a failure. Are you serious? So if you ever feel like you're just not doing so well, you just could be like, Jesus, I've been sowing and doing this and I'm not seeing everything yet. But I know that the seeds that have sown have not been in vain. I know the time that I'm spending in your word. I may not have the fullness of the revelation I desire yet, but I know it's not wasted. I know it's filling up, it's building up a well inside of me, and I know the eyes of my understanding are being open. I know every day, every day, God, you're drawing me closer. Every day, you're drawing me I won't let go until you bless me. I won't let go until I get a revelation of your love. I won't let go until I experience your presence in my home. I won't let go till my kids come back to you. I won't let go till my husband's eyes are open and he sees the light of the gospel of grace and comes to salvation. I won't let go until our business succeeds. I won't let go because it understands 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And isn't it funny, as Jesus went to heaven, he wasn't like, oh man, I really messed it up. I thought there'd be more people here, you know. I really thought, I really thought my life would mean more and have more impact. Jesus could have been so insecure. A bit like me when I started out doing my first concerts. And there was 20 people. And I'd advertised and pumped it everywhere. And there's 20 people. I had this agreement with God. I'm like, God, I just ask you one thing. Don't embarrass me by having no one come to my concert. Please, Lord, let there be someone. And this was always my prayer. Let there be enough people. There'd be an atmosphere. Let there be an openness of the heart. And you know what? I started just being faithful with whoever God bought. And I love that when you're faithful with the little, God will increase and increase and increase and increase. And we get to the stage where God took us all over the world, ministered to nearly one million boys and girls and families all over the world. And I look and go, but you know what? If I wasn't faithful with the 10 people, if I wasn't faithful with the five kids, if I wasn't faithful with the kid who ran on stage and stole the show, with the kid who screams in the front concert while the entire show's on, like if I'm not faithful in that, then how am I going to be able to walk in the humility that's going to be required for the rest of the journey? And I love that Jesus wasn't moved that there's only 120 people left at the end of his ministry. He wasn't insecure because he's like, I have sown all the right seeds. He goes, I can see the forest. You just see the seed. You just see the one tree, but I see what's going to come from the seeds that I sowed. God is faithful to his word. Bayside, God is faithful to his word. And he's like, will you have the guts to dare to believe my word like I believe it? Will you have the courage to say, yes, Lord, you know what? I, I have allowed unbelief in my heart. I have allowed what I've seen to move me. I have allowed what I've heard, the bad report, the lack of report, to move me off my faith. Lord, I dare to believe your word. You see, God wants revival more than you want it, more than I want it. He wants you to experience his best more than you want to. He wants your kids saved more than you want them saved. He wants you healed more than you want to be healed. God loves you because he has a purpose for you. You have a God assignment. Your son, your daughter, your marriage has an assignment from heaven. There's people who need to be touched for the kingdom through you. Everyone's got an assignment. The guys driving down the road who aren't in this building have an assignment. Paul, who was killing Christians, had an assignment from God. He was just on the wrong assignment. But if it wasn't for people praying, if it wasn't for people speaking life over him and saying, God, deliver us from this man, God, deliver us. And if it wasn't for Ananias being willing to come and speak to him and speak the truth, Paul wouldn't have walked in his God destiny. We have got a part to play. And part of it is being faithful. It's being developing the art of faithfulness. And so this morning, I want to encourage you in this. You know, sometimes the most powerful things in the kingdom are the simplest. Sometimes the simplest revelations are the hardest to get. That's why you have to have faith like a child. I remember everything in our life changed. We grew up in a nice Christian family, but everything in our life changed. I remember one day I heard a preacher, and he preached this. And uh, 
he was preaching a quote from Smith Wigglesworth. Anyone ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth before? Great, mighty, mighty man of God. And uh, you know, a lot of people didn't like Smith Wigglesworth. <laughs> He's a very strong man. That was a terrible British accent. Uh, but anyway, a Welsh accent, whatever. He was a very strong man. But he got to this place. He goes, there is a place where you can come into an immovable condition, where your heart is so fixed that it says, if God said it, I believe it. That settles it. That's it. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Sorry, let me rephrase. I do care, but it doesn't matter. I do care, but it doesn't matter because God's Word is higher than reality of what's here. And one of the things that I learned from this man's life is he goes, I don't deny the reality of the circumstance. I just deny it's, it's right to stay. And that's the immovable condition of faith, isn't it? We don't deny that maybe our marriage isn't in the best place. We're not going to deny that there isn't sickness. We're not going to deny that things aren't going as well in our career, our job, uh, our kids are away from the Lord. We're not going to sit there and go, well, it's not true. It's not there. We're gonna, okay, it's there. But we will not accept it. We will not accept it because the kingdom of God is total victory. The Holy Spirit always thinks victory. Everyone say victory. God's plan is for you to prosper, to succeed, for you to accomplish your God assignment. There's, no, there's nowhere in the Bible where God said, and it was his plan that his people were defeated, destroyed, and the end of the story. And so today, I want to I share with you three or four very simple keys. They're very simple. that changed our life. And we went from literally not even having enough, you know, living from paycheck to paycheck to seeing God break through. And if you know anything about children's ministry, you know that's a miracle, <laughs> right? Because children's ministry is, here's 50 bucks and a high five, and God bless you, thanks for coming. We've, we've experienced all of it. I remember getting to the place where I'm like, I was sick and tired. I remember we were living in a caravan. Remember that night? Living in a caravan. It's like we just couldn't get ahead. And I just remember going, I remember God saying, how long are you going to put up with this? How long? What do you mean, how long am I going to put up with it? I mean, how long are you going to put up? How long are you going to put up with this, Sean? You have forgotten who you are. You are walking around like you have no authority. You've been given no power, that you are just subject to whatever goes on. You are a son of the kingdom. You are a royal heir. You are seated with Christ. You are, you are ruling and reigning in heavenly places, but your body's here on the earth, so you better learn to operate how the kingdom operates. Otherwise, you're going to stay broke, busted, disgusted, frustrated. Your ministry's not going to grow. You're not going to have the success I want you to have because you're going to have to change the way you think, the way you speak. You're going to have to understand who you are. You're going to have to develop faithfulness, Sean. You're going to have to develop. And I remember I walked outside our caravan, which was parked at Influencers Church Basketball Court about eight years ago, and I said, no more! I'm going to believe this. If it takes everything I have, I'm going to get to a place where I say, God, I trust you more than what I see. And so we started to change some things. And so I want to share uh, three or four really simple keys with you. And so the first one I want to share is uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. A really, really simple, powerful verse. I think every Christian has probably read through this chapter of the Bible. It's a powerful chapter of the Bible, but I pay close attention to it because this guy called Paul wrote it. 
And Paul didn't like Jesus very much. Paul persecuted Jesus. He persecuted the, the followers of Jesus and had a radical turnaround, gave his life for Jesus and was absolutely persecuted for the cause of Christ. Who knows, Paul got a revelation of something. I believe Paul is one of the greatest, one of the greatest uh, reasons why we can trust the Word of God. I love talking to atheists about Paul. Because Paul had a 180 change. You can only change when you're so fixated on something if you get a revelation of truth. Amen? You will not change. If you're out killing people because you believe they're a disgrace and an absolute incorrect and false in what they are, and then all of a sudden you start giving your life for those same people, who knows, something changed. So I love reading what Paul says. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Another version says, for we walk by faith, for we walk by faith and not by sight. That is a very, very interesting statement to tell a human who's ruled by the five senses. For we walk by faith. Faith in what? Faith in God's Word. Faith in Jesus. Faith in who God is. Jesus said it in Mark 11. Have faith in God. So we've got to walk by faith and not by what we see. First principle that Rena and I had to learn. Just because you see it doesn't mean it has to stay. Just because you see it doesn't mean that's the way that God intends it to be. Doesn't mean that God isn't able to work through you and through others to shift and change circumstances. The Bible is filled with people who saw things that would cause them to fear. Yet God says, walk by faith. Why? Spiritual law is higher than natural law. Lift is higher than gravity. But if you don't cooperate with the law of lift, you'll stay bound by gravity forever. You stay bound by gravity by default. By default. You don't have to try to cooperate with the laws of gravity. It is by default. But the law of lift, you must cooperate with if you want to break through. Amen? Amen? It's there. It's been there the whole time. But if you don't cooperate with it, you will not experience it. What does that mean? If we don't learn to walk by faith, we will by default be ruled by what we see, feel, hear. And who knows, our feelings are strong. If, if I say something mean about you, and you hear it, it is a deep, strong, the flesh is strong. Which is why you have to renew your mind to the Word of God. So the first thing is, you have to get the knowledge, just because I see it, it doesn't mean it has to stay that way. Doesn't mean it has to stay that way. I got to get faith on this subject. I got to find out what does the Word say about my situation. This is the first key we learn. I got to find out what does the Word say. Thank you, doctor, for your report. I appreciate that. I'm grateful. What does the Word say? Thank you for that report, Mr. Bankman. Uh, what does the Word say about my condition? Thank you, uh, you know, Stephen Marshall, for that report. What does the Word say? What does the Word say? And by the way, God convicted my heart about a month ago that we're going to pray for our leaders, hey? We've got to pray and speak life. The eyes of their understanding be open. They're hearing from God. God's going to expose wickedness in high places. He's going to expose truth. And God's, God's purposes are going to prevail. 
Whenever God's people are oppressed, whenever there's oppression, I love it, it draws the hearts of men and women back to God. People are looking, people are looking, people are open, and we've got to have that boldness and conviction in our families in every way. And so we know we've got to be people. God, I choose. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. God, I choose to believe your word. Knowledge. The Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge about my ways. We've got to get revelation knowledge of I've got to walk by faith. So one of the first things we learn to do came from this next verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. All right. So we've got to live by what we believe. Everyone say, what I believe, which is by faith in God's Word. So here's what it says, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. It is written, this comes from the Old Testament, mentioned twice in the Old Testament and the New. We should pay attention to that. It said, I believed, therefore, because I believed, I have spoken something. Since we have that same spirit of faith. So he's saying, when you believe and then you say something in accordance with what you believe, that's the spirit of faith. That's what faith does. Faith is a spirit that you have given to you by God. The Bible says in Romans 12 that he's given each person the measure of faith. That when we believe something, we speak it by faith. Because we believe it. So hence why when we pray too long and can't remember what we said, we didn't really believe it. Guilty. Which is why I love when you read Jesus' words, he's so careful about what he says. Because he says, if you believe it, we've got to speak it by faith. Since then, we also have that same spirit of faith. We too also believe and therefore speak. So one of the things we started to do is started to declare God's words over our situation. Whenever we'd have a bad report, whenever things weren't going well with the kids, whenever stuff was happening in school, in our marriage, whatever, we would say, all, all is well. We trust God. All is well. It's simple. Three words. All is well. Why? We got it from the word. From the, uh, the widow, the widow woman who had Elijah, is Elijah? Elisha came and, and blessed her and, and she didn't have a child and her child lived and, and then uh, all of a sudden her child died. And she ran to go find, ran to Gehazi, I think it is, the servant, and he goes, uh, you know, is everything well with you? She goes, all is well. But her son was not well. But she chose to say all is well because she had the same spirit of faith. All is well. And then she gets to the prophet, and then she tells him, this is what's happening. Did you give me a son only to let him die and live? But she chose to go with a spirit of faith. That is what I love. Jesus did the same thing with Jairus. Remember Jairus in Mark chapter 5? One of my favorite stories in the Bible. He comes to Jesus. His 12-year-old daughter is dying. Think about the faith that it took for this man. His daughter is dying, and instead of staying there with her in her last moments as a father, can you imagine what his emotions must have been feeling? The tearing of his emotions. Stay with my daughter or go to a man who I'm probably not supposed to have a lot to do with and ask him to come and work a miracle on my daughter. I sometimes think we underestimate what courage it took to do some of these things. He left his 12-year-old daughter to pursue a miracle goes and gets Jesus. But listen to what he said. He didn't say, oh, Jesus, you know, maybe if it's possible, could you? He said, Jesus, he falls at his feet and absolutely said, Jesus, I know that if you come, my daughter will live. 
He believed, therefore he spoke. I know that if you will come, my daughter will live. And what did Jesus say? Oh, come on, man. You're from the synagogue. You guys don't even like me. What's, are you kidding me? I got better things to do. He says, I will come. Jesus will always meet our need. He's waiting for us to come to a place of saying, God, I believe and I'll speak. God, I know that you are well able. God, I know your word is true. God, all is well because we trust you. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how we're going to get out of this, but all is well because I trust God. The just will live by faith. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And I love it. On the way. Isn't the devil a jerk? On the way back. I mean, all the faith that it took Jarius to go and get Jesus. And he's thinking now, Jesus is coming. All is well. Jesus is coming. All is well. Jesus is coming. You, you've, you, you felt your faith rise, your faith rise, and then boom, left hook. Overcomes Jarius' servants. Jarius, don't bother the teacher anymore. It's too late. Your daughter's dead. Sucker punch. Who's had that before? I reckon everyone. We've all had that. We've stood on the word. We've stood on the word. We maybe take one punch, but when that sucker punch comes, you didn't see coming. There goes our faithfulness. Jesus gives us a very powerful key of what we're to do when we get sucker punched. He says this. He looks at Jarius immediately. Listen to what he said. He said, oh, Jarius, let's weep together. This is a tragedy. We were too late. Oh, what are we going to do? This is too hard. That's not what he said. He didn't say, Jarius, I am so sorry. Don't worry, buddy. It's okay. Let's just take your time. You know, that's what our flesh would do, isn't it? That's the natural man, the natural woman. But Jesus kind of is unsympathetic. We've got to pay attention to this. He is unsympathetic. He looks and he says, Jarius, look at me. Fear not. Believe only. And it says, and from that moment, Jesus permitted no one else to follow them except a couple of the disciples. Why? Because Jesus didn't want the voices of everyone else. That, well, what, what is she dead? She dead? She alive? Jesus realizes, right now, I need to protect this man's mind, this man's heart. I need to protect the words coming out of his mouth. Fear not. Believe only the circumstances. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. He's teaching him, have faith in God. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. Have faith in God. It doesn't matter what it seems like. Have faith in God. It doesn't matter what they said. Have faith in God. Fear not. Believe only. Jesus gave him one responsibility. He didn't ask him to do it. He didn't ask him to heal her. He didn't ask him to do any of it. He asked him, enter the rest of my ability. Just believe. But who knows? That's not always easy to do. Because your emotions and your thoughts and your mind run a million miles an hour. And sometimes you've got to say, no. My eyes on Jesus. 
I can't afford to listen to anybody else. I can't afford to hear what you have to say. My mind, my eyes are fixed on Jesus. This is how you develop faithfulness. Because Jesus was rooted in the truth of God. He knew God. He knew God's love. He knew God's word is true. Which is why even when demons manifest at his feet, he wasn't flipped out. When even somebody has been dead four days like Lazarus, he's not worried because he knows the Father's love. And I love that Jesus walks into that town. They're all weeping. They're all wailing. They're all crying. You think he would have just slipped in there nicely, wouldn't you? You think he'd just be like, slipped in there. Hey, everyone, I'm really sorry to hear what's happened. And, you know, like, hey, it's all, you know, let's just, let me just go up and let's just see what God does, you know. And, and he comes in. And he makes this statement. Why are you all wailing? For she is not dead. She's just asleep. Can you imagine being the family? Who's this lunatic? Where did you get this guy from, Jarius? Have you ever felt like that sometimes? Speaking that over our situation. Maybe you're loved ones away from the Lord, maybe there's sickness, maybe there's yeah, financial instability. Jesus looks at things, and Romans 4, 17 says, and God, who gives life to the dead, and calls things that are not yet as they're going to be. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Developing faithfulness doesn't mean you never feel fear. It doesn't mean you never have a bad circumstance. It means no matter what I see, no matter what I hear, as for me and my household, we go and trust God. All is well because I trust God. All is well because I trust God. All is well, I trust God. God didn't ask you to solve your financial problem. He's our source. He's El Shaddai, not you. I am the all-sufficient God. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Shalom, your peace. You're not Jehovah Shalom, your own peace. He's Jehovah Shalom, your peace. He is your wisdom. He is your exceedingly great reward. Our job, enter the rest. And I love that Jesus gets up speaks to that little girl she sits up and lives do you think that man's family was changed of course they were what do we learn from the life of jesus we're going to have to start to change what we say when we're going through the fire we're going to have to start to say all is well god's word says this as for me and my household we're going to trust god I don't care. Yeah, but they said this. I don't care. I trust God. Yeah, but, you know, you got to do that. Okay, we'll abide by the laws, but we trust God. Okay, we got to do that. We'll do that, but we're going to do it by faith because we trust God. Well, we're in a difficult financial situation. Okay, I acknowledge that, but it is not going to stay like that because we trust God. And when we tithe, we're not going to put it in the bucket and go, well, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, <laughs> something good happens. All is well, 
I understand the Bible says, God will not be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. I understand, give and it shall be given back to you. A good measure, pressed in. I understand, my God shall supply all my needs. So Father, all is well. We give this by faith. You speak this over your children. I don't, it doesn't matter what they're going through. It doesn't matter if it's a rebellious stage or this or that. All is well. My children belong to Jesus. I trust God. This is how you develop faith muscle. Faith muscle is not always being perfect. Faith muscle isn't always knowing what to do. Faith muscle is all is well because God said all is well. I trust Him. I thank you for wisdom today. I thank you. It is your good pleasure to take care of my family. Amen? It's God's good pleasure. Your finances, your home, your dreams, God's purpose for your life, your children, your marriage. You think you care about it? Uh Uh-uh. God has an assignment for you. He wants you to succeed more than you ever will. And Jesus said this. He goes, you fathers on earth who are evil fathers, meaning that we can be unbelieving, If your son asks you for a fish, you're going to give him a serpent. If he asks for a loaf of bread, you're going to give him a stone. He said, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to those who ask? I am excited for what God has in store for this house. For this city. God has plans and purposes. God is looking for people who will say, all is well, man, we're going to trust God. We're coming into a season where we need Jesus. We need a revelation of his love. The world is going crazy. But that's the perfect conditions for miracles. That's the perfect condition for the faith of God to rise inside of us, to raise up a generation of warriors. And I don't care how old you are. Jesus doesn't look at, well, you're 75, you're over the hill. No way, man. Moses was just getting started at 120. Abraham, God was like, cool, 99, this is perfect time to start. The question is, faith will keep you young, young in spirit. Faith will give you a contagious spirit. So I want to encourage you today. God loves you. I want, I want to encourage you. You've got to dare to believe God's love. Some days I don't feel it. Some days I wake up with so much unbelief, it is unbelievable almost. I went to bed in faith. I read, my, I read the Word. I meditated on the Word. And I woke up in doubt. But you know what happened? It's just that my, my body woke up, but my spirit's still kind of sleeping. Got to wake it up. How to wake it up? Come on, joy. Get up. Come on, faith of God. Get up. Oh, man, my flesh does not want to say it. My flesh is going, no, no, don't say it. Get up, joy. Because I know if I just say it, Two or three times. Woo! Hello, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Sean. And everything changes about my day because I believed, therefore I said something. You can't run at your giant with your mouth shut. If you don't speak by faith, you lose by default. I'll say that again. If you don't say something by faith, you lose by default. One of the greatest revelations we ever had was your feelings have got a fat lot of nothing to do with God's purposes for your life. Your feelings are irrelevant 
compared to God's truth for your life. And when you learn to walk by faith, you will overcome your feelings and your feelings will become your servant rather than your master. And I want to encourage you today. God loves your family. And I'm so excited for tonight. I want to stir your faith. You know, I love to preach the word, but you know what? It's important that we invest into our family and our kids because as much as we'd like to think that our kids could sit still for 35 minutes while we preach, it's highly unlikely. So what do we do? We, 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 we sow, not putting on an event, we're going to sow into a time where our kids can be more engaged with you being there with them, with your grandkids, so we can speak truth and life and faith and have fun together so that they can get a revelation of, wow, I am someone special to God. I want to encourage you, come tonight, bring a friend tonight. We're going to have a blast. We're gonna, you're going gonna to see me tonight. You'll be like, that guy preached this morning and him, he's jumping on stage and dancing. How does this happen? Uh, it's just ADHD preacher. You wouldn't know it, but right? And so the whole purpose tonight is I want to encourage you. Bring, bring someone. Come along tonight. It's going to be so much fun. And uh, it has just been a joy to be with you today. Uh, I want to finish by just giving a quick response. Maybe you just bow your head wherever you are. Maybe you're here in this place and this is your first time in church in a long time or maybe you've been coming regularly, but tonight, today you've just been reminded that, you know what, it all starts with making a decision to trust Jesus with your life, to repent and say, God, I'm sorry that I've been living for myself. I have not trusted you. I have not committed my heart to you. And maybe you've never done that. Maybe you have done that. You're just not sure. And you say, Sean, I, I just really want to take a moment to get my life right with God. I want to choose to believe his love, to receive the forgiveness for my sin through what Jesus did on the cross for me. If that's you here, you say, Sean, I'm ready to get my life right with Jesus. I'm going to count to three while no one's looking. Just raise your hand. and uh, If you're online, you know what? You can even do that too. And we're going to pray together in a minute, just a very simple prayer. So if that's you all across this place, nobody looking, you say, Sean, I need to get my life right with Jesus. Just count on the count of three. Just raise your hand. You're ready. One, two, three three. If that's you, just quickly raise it. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand down the front here. Anybody else? I'm not going to hold it for long. Anyone else? You say, that's me. Please pray with me. Sure, I'm ready to get my life right with Jesus. Awesome. Here's what we're going to do, church. Would you stand to your feet all across this place as we close? We're just going to pray a very simple prayer together. And uh, I'm going to invite everyone to just say this. And if you raised your hand, just say this and mean it with all your heart. It doesn't matter if you feel a goosebump or you don't have a goosebump, a feeling or no feeling. God loves you. God hears every word you say. He looks at the heart. So let's just pray this. Just say, thank you, Jesus, that you love me. Thank you for coming to die for me. To show me my value. To show me God's heart for me. God, I'm sorry that I've lived apart from you. Thank you for forgiving me. Today I repent of my sin and I choose to receive your forgiveness. Jesus, come live inside me. Forgive me, wash me clean, and make me new. I am now born again. Thank you that you have accepted me. I'm a child of the King. And I belong to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, church. Why don't we give those people a great hand this morning? So good. Well, 
I just want to say, families, it's been such a privilege to bring the word to you today. Thank you for the privilege to share. And uh, I pray you've been encouraged today. Go in faithfulness. He loves you. No more performance-based Christianity. God's never going to change his mind about you. You're his A player. He's waiting for you to believe it. God is never going to change his mind about you. We walk by faith, not by sight. Let's speak life. Um, Rena and I, uh, for those of you who want to, you know, grow in your parenting, you know, Rena and I, we're, we're pretty good parents, but you know what? We decide we want to be great parents, great godly parents. Don't want to be pretty good. I want to be all that God can make us to be. And so, you know, we got around great godly men and women who helped us in our parenting. And we put together this little book. It's called Renovate Your Parenting. And uh, the chapters are three pages long so that, you know, people can read it. And uh, it's got a word of faith prayer afterwards. I wrote this book and God said, it's not finished. I want you to write a prayer for every one of the 52. There's 52 godly principles to help you in your parenting. Spiritually grow. It'll help you in your marriage in every area. And God said, I want you to write a word of faith prayer that's simple and powerful and will teach people how to pray. And so that's up the back as well as some of our music resources. There's some DVDs and so these obsolete things called CDs. You might have heard of them before. Anyway, so they're up there if you want to invest in those. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege to be with you all. God bless Bayside. We'll see you tonight. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day. Bye.